Sheep in Action is our sermon series. Matthew 25. I was able to be a sheep in action helping my mom uh, move to a different house this last week. Uh, but not nearly, what I did was a small drop in the bucket compared to everything she's done for me. So there's never a way I'll be able to repay her for all of her kindness. Matthew chapter 25, verse 35. The king speaking to his sheep, to his followers in the last days. He says, for I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me or you visited me, other translations say. I was in prison and you came to visit. When you're sick, you need people to look after you. You need people to be there for you. For physical reasons, yes, but also for mental and emotional reasons. Um, and this COVID period has been so especially hard because of the isolation. And people who have, have had COVID and have had to be isolated and quarantined, and that has made it extra hard because we weren't meant to be by ourselves. Now, we certainly don't want to pass along our, our sickness, our diseases to anybody. But when you have good care, it really makes a difference. We've kind of been moving through Maslow's hierarchy of needs here. Uh, those most basic level, the foundation of food and, and moving on to shelter and clothing. Jesus encouraging us to help with these things. And today we're reminded not only of the physical needs, but also the companionship, the mental and emotional needs that people have. That Jesus came to help meet those needs, and he sends us as his sheep into this world to fulfill those needs for others. There are a lot of different ways that you can be sick. We could list off a hundred, a thousand different sicknesses but it's not just physical sickness that we need help and encouragement and support with. There's also mental and emotional sickness that we deal with. In fact, it's, it's hinted at in Proverbs 13, verse 12, where it says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. Our hearts can be sick uh, with sadness, with loss, with um, Unfulfilled expectations. Isaiah 1.5, we're studying Isaiah in our Sabbath school quarterly. Isaiah 1.5, the whole head is sick and the whole heart faints. This is referring more to a spiritual sickness during time of rebellion. God says their, their head is just sick. The way they're following after sin. A lot of different ways to be sick. We recognize physical sickness pretty well. If I were to come in here this morning and I had a sling on my arm, you'd say, oh, I'm so sorry. You must have broken your arm. What, what happened? And I'd get sympathy for my, my hurt arm. But if I came in looking normal, but my mind and my emotions were distressed, 
dealing with mental illness, mental disorders, things that are impossible for us to see, that are, that are broken or unbalanced or needing help in our brain, in our chemistry, in our brains, whatever the case or cause may be. That's harder for us to recognize. And so sometimes when we have emotional or mental illness, we don't really talk about it as much, and we don't know how to be sympathetic about it quite as much. And sometimes it's, it, is even, it has a bit of a stigma to it within Christianity. Did some research this week, and I learned that the National Institute for Mental Health in, in 2012 said that 26% of Americans suffer from mental illness. 26%, one in four people. And, and we can probably, I mean, if you haven't experienced some form of mental disorder, mental illness, you probably know people in your family, close friends of yours, who have struggled or are currently struggling. Many of the common things include anxiety disorders. People get panic attacks. Those are real. And I remember uh, the NBA applauding some of the NBA basketball players talking out about how they have dealt with panic attacks and anxiety, saying, hey, these things are real. It's good to hear the sports world talking more about these things. PTSD, depression, affecting 8 to, uh, 12 million, eight, 8 to 14 million people in America. Autism, hyperactivity, schizophrenic disorders, alcohol and drug-related problems, and a host of other issues. And we don't talk about this enough in church. But we need to do a better job. We need to be sympathetic. Remember, even Elijah, that great man of faith, he had just called fire down from heaven on top of Mount Carmel. He'd just slain all the false prophets, which by itself must have been a, an intensely physical job. He'd come down off the mountain, been scared of Jezebel, run, empowered by the Holy Spirit, run away. And finally he finds himself in a cave in a mountain all by himself, and he says, God, I just want to die. I want you to kill me. He was suicidal, this great man of faith. He knew what it was like to be so depressed that he wanted to die. But sometimes there's a toxic faith in Christianity where we say, well, if you just would pray more, you wouldn't have that problem. Brother, just pray more, get some sunshine, and eat eight almonds a day, and you're going to snap right out of this. And I, I don't say this too lightly because I believe in sunshine. I believe in almonds. I love almonds. They're good. For, everybody should eat almonds. Um, I believe in prayer. But I recognize that there's not a one-size-fits-all package when it comes to treating and dealing with mental disorders, emotional problems. It's not a one-size-fits-all. There, there are some people who just simply through natural remedies, praise God, can recover. But there are other people who need the wisdom that God has entrusted to doctors, um, that need the wisdom entrusted to psychiatrists to help them. need the wisdom entrusted to the pharmaceutical companies uh, and will need 
some medication, uh, some temporarily and others for the rest of their lives. You know, it's interesting, if you eat a really healthy diet, chances are you need to supplement your life with B12. If you eat just a vegan, plant-based diet, you probably aren't getting your B12. You need to take a supplement. But nobody would ever say anything wrong about that. Of course, take a B12 supplement. Make sure you get your vitamins. But sometimes, unfortunately, when our brain needs a vitamin, when the chemicals are imbalanced and we're deficient in some areas, we don't recognize that sometimes we just need to take what has been prescribed to us to help restore the balance there. And there's nothing wrong with that, and there's no lack of faith in doing that. But even as I say that, I, I recognize there can be some, um, some bad side effects from medication. And, and it's a complex discussion we're not going to get into today. But I recognize there's no one-size-fits-all thing. But the good news is that we have a God that loves us, and we have a God that understands the physical, mental, emotional illnesses that we deal with. And it's not a lack of faith to admit we need help. Not a lack of faith uh, to go see a counselor. I think everybody should see a counselor. I think everybody would benefit from talking to somebody. Uh, and if you can find a good Christian counselor, even better. And there are some that I can recommend here in this town. But we shouldn't ever discourage anyone from seeking the help that they need. What are we talking about today? I'm kind of on this sidetrack, but I think it's an important sidetrack. Because Jesus told us in Matthew 25 that, that the sheep are people who give comfort and encouragement to those who are sick. And he didn't just say those who are physically sick. In fact, as we look at what the Bible says, and we'll, we'll do that in just a moment, we see that we are called over and over again to be sources of encouragement for one another. So we want the church to be a safe place where we can talk about our physical challenges, our mental challenges, our emotional struggles, and where we don't look down upon each other, but where we lift one another up. These things are real. Suicidal thoughts are real. Uh, and boy, with COVID and, and isolation, this pandemic, it's become even more real for some. And I just want to say, if you struggle with suicidal thoughts, if that is something that you're thinking about right now, don't hesitate to reach out. Um, you can call the, the suicide prevention hotline. They can help you at any time of the day. People who are trained in doing that. You can also reach out to trusted friends. Uh, reach out to somebody. I was listening to a pastor, and he was talking with another pastor who had recovered from a, a suicide attempt. And while he was there coming out of the hospital and his wife was next to him, the one pastor said, just to remind this guy, he said, I'm so glad you, you didn't go through with it, that you weren't successful because if you had been, your wife, every single day of her life, would wonder what more she could have done to prevent it. Sometimes people who are at the end of, of hope feel like, if I'm gone, it'll be better for those 
who are left behind, but that is not the case at all. They will live every day wondering what they could have done, wishing they'd done something different. You are loved, you are valued, we want you around. God wants you around. There is hope. Many have gone down this road, and many have found great hope and great freedom. You know, another aspect of illness that we don't talk about enough is addiction. And it is an illness. It is a disease. Now, granted, in the beginning stages, yeah, there are choices that people make, generally, that lead them down that path. But there reaches a point where, where scientifically, medically speaking, you're dealing with a disease. In fact, Ellen White actually said this over 100 years ago. I'm going to put a, a quote here for you up on the screen. This comes from Ministry of Healing, page 172. She said, among the victims of intemperance are men of all classes and all professions, men of high station and eminent talents, of great attainments, who have yielded to the indulgence of appetite until they are helpless to resist temptation. They have lost their self-control. Unless a helping hand is held out to them, they will sink lower and lower. With these, self-indulgence is not only a moral sin, but a physical disease. Here she's saying there are people of great influence, great position, but they've fallen into addiction, into even what she calls a physical disease. But these, she said, need a helping hand. They need someone to be there to encourage them. It's rare that someone overcomes an addiction by themselves. We all need support. And at some level, all of us have addictions. I mean, if you weren't addicted to sin, you'd stop doing it and never do it again. All of us need the support and the encouragement of one another. We have a support group that meets in our church weekly um, in the fellowship hall. If you're interested in learning about that group, uh, give me a call. Call our office. We'll tell you about it, how you can be involved. And there are tons of groups in this area, and there are groups that meet online. Probably take the quote down now. There's hope, and there's help. Just reach out. So the passage in Matthew 25, it says, You visited me. You visited me. Now, this must be referring only to pastors, right? This is addressing only pastors, right? <laughs> of course not. I see, I'm sorry, the quote was already down. <laughs> you had it already, Ken. I'm the one that's confused. Jesus said, you pastors and elders, ordained elders, visited me, and you did these things for me. Who, is the, who does the you involve here in Matthew 25, verse 36? It involves the sheep, and the sheep are, correct me if I'm wrong, but they're only pastors, right? Only if you've been to seminary? 
No, this is clearly talking about everybody. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, you are a royal priesthood, the priesthood of all believers. So, you, so who's supposed to be doing the visitation of a church? Everybody. Everybody. This doesn't mean the pastor can just sit around and do nothing. You want to know what the pastor's job is? Well, let me, let me put a verse up here on the screen. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. Largely, my job description, the leaders of this church, our job description is to train and equip you, the members, for works of service. And I'll admit, I need to do a better job about this. But you can always contact me and say, hey, pastor, I want to do such and such, and you haven't trained me yet. How do I do this? Crack the whip on me if I have neglected in that area, and we'll get you trained. We, as a church body, are to work together. And it's interesting. We, sometimes people will get visited in the hospital back when you could just go into the hospital and visit. But if it's not the pastor, sometimes they'll be a little disappointed. Because we have this hierarchical structure where for some reason the pastor is, is at the top and a visit from him, well, that's a really good visit. And a prayer from the pastor, well, that's a more effective prayer. But that's not how it is as I read my Bible. All of us are called to do the work of visitation. There are sick. You are called to visit them. I, as a part of this church, am called to visit them. We're all in this thing together. Notice what Galatians 6.10 says. Galatians 6.10, Therefore, as we, not talking about pastors, as we, the church body, have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who, are, who belong to the family of believers. As we have opportunity, let's do good. What about Philippians 2.4? Not looking out for your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. You are to be interested in the interests of others so that you can help them out. When you hear about a need, it's not your job to sit back and say, well, somebody ought to do something. It's your job to say, how can I help? What part am I to play? You did not buy tickets to watch the church serve the Lord. This is not a spectator sport. It is a participation activity and all are called to participate. We don't all have the same gifts. We're not all good at the same things. But there's something that you can do. There's something that everybody can do, looking after the interests of others. As we are well aware, 1 Corinthians 12, 26, if one part suffers, one part of the church, every part suffers with it. And if one part is honored, we all rejoice with it. When you're on a team and somebody hits a home run on your baseball team, are you sad because you didn't hit the home run? I mean, maybe, 
But usually, the guys come out of the dugout and they're just thrilled with excitement because the whole team scored a run. The whole team made the touchdown. Everybody wins when we win. And when somebody is hurt, we all are hurt. When somebody has a need, it's a part of our responsibility as followers, as sheep of Jesus, to help meet those needs. What does 1 Thessalonians 5.11 say? Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. We have some great encouragers in our church. We have some really good people in our church at doing that. But we need to multiply those people because they by themselves get tired. They get burned out. I need you. If you're watching this live on Facebook or YouTube or uh, probably many of our people watch it later on, which is great. If you're listening on the conference call, I need your help to be a, a part of our encouragement team. You don't have to be voted to this by the church board or by the nominating committee. You are automatically appointed to help encourage and build up not only the church body, but the people in our community. As the hands and feet and mouth and, and, and life of Jesus living in our community. Notice how Ellen White, Ellen White puts it. I just love what she has to say here um, in the book, Counsels to Medical Evangelists. Some are sick, and hope has departed. Bring back the sunlight to them. There are souls who have lost their courage. Speak to them. Pray for them. There are those who need the bread of life. Read to them from the word of God. There is a soul sickness no balm can reach, no medicine can heal. Pray for these and bring them to Jesus Christ. People are physically sick, mentally, emotionally sick. They need to be encouraged. It's your job to help bring them encouragement. Your job, my job, to help bring them to God. You've heard the phrase, talk is cheap. Well, Ellen White basically used it. Notice this one here in the, in the devotional, That I May Know Him, page 335. Prayer, exhortation, that means preaching, or it's just encouraging, and talk are cheap fruits, which are frequently tied on, just tying fruit on, uh, not producing it naturally. But fruits that are manifested in good works, in caring for the needy, the fatherless, and the widows, are genuine fruits and grow naturally upon a good tree. Prayer is important. Amen? Encouraging and preaching is important. These things are important, but if that's all we do, our talk is cheap. Talk is cheap. Our faith needs to lead us to action. That's what this sermon series is about. We can't do maybe all the action steps I give each week, but we can do something. And if you're not doing something, then you've been missing the point. We are called to make a difference. Sometimes we sit back uh, on our pews. Notice this next one. Uh, they flatter themselves that if they had the opportunity, if circumstances were favorable, then they would do a great work but they are awaiting the opportunity. We aren't called to simply sit back 
and say, okay, who's going to come to me? We are to go to others who need help. We are to make phone calls, to initiate text messages, initiate visits with people. Uh, they are the ones we need to be reaching out to, not just simply hoping someone is going to come by our way. Last quotation I'd like to share with you here, another good one from In Heavenly Places. It says there, the Lord could carry forward his work without our cooperation. He doesn't have to have our help. He is not dependent on us for our money, time, or labor. But the church is very precious in his sight, and he longs to see it without spot or blemish or any such things. This is why he has given us opportunities to work for him. In other words, God doesn't need us, but we need him, and we need the people who need us. Because that's one of the ways that God grows us. That's one of the ways that he helps make us more like him, is through the people that he puts in our path. God could provide money for them some other way, but he knows that we struggle with covetousness. And he knows we need to have our heart melted, softened, and we need to give sacrificially out of our pocket. He could send an angel to encourage all of our church members, all of our community members, but then we wouldn't get the blessing that we need in our own hearts by stepping out in faith and doing something for God. And so God, in his mercy, allows us to be needed. So in that sense, people need you, and you need people. Reach out to someone today for their sake and for your sake. So let's wrap it up here. What are some action steps for today to take this and make it practical? Step number one, pray and ask God who you can encourage today or who you need to reach out. Maybe you're really needing some help and support. Don't wait for someone to call you. Reach out and say, hey, I've been discouraged lately. I think I might be depressed. Reach out. Get the help that you need. So number one, pray. Ask God for wisdom, who you can encourage or who you can call. And if you need some ideas, just open up the church directory. Look through. Find the faces. Pull up your phone. Uh, go through. Scroll through the contacts list. Oh, that's somebody I haven't talked to in forever. Maybe they could use some encouragement. Get on social media. Look at your friends list. See, find somebody that you could reach out to. And then, number two, do it. When God lays somebody on your heart, do it. And even if you're not sure whether God laid them on your heart, just do it. Reach out. Call them. Text them. Write them a note. Or if it's safe for you to do so, do a socially distanced visit to encourage them. You know, when Moses was called by God, called to lead a people out of bondage, out of Egypt. He didn't feel equipped. He didn't feel ready. But God asked him a simple question. He said, Moses, what is in your hand? What do you have with you, Moses? And as Moses looked down, what was in his hand was a rod. It was just a stick. 
But through that stick, God did powerful things. God turned it into a snake that devoured the other snakes uh, that had been sticks, staffs from Pharaoh's magicians. Um, He used it to work miracles in Egypt. He used it to part the waters. He used it to bring uh, water. Well, he shouldn't have really used it to strike the rock. But he used it in powerful ways, simply what he had on him. And so today I ask you, what's in your hand? And if you're like me, too much of the day, you got things like this in your hand. Well, today, use this thing for God. Be a missionary through your cell phone today. Find somebody to encourage on your phone or through an appropriate visit in person. Be God's sheep today and encourage those who are sick and even those who are well. Can you do that? Let's give it a try. Lord, I pray that you'll put somebody on our heart. There's somebody in our family, somebody in our friends. There's there's some acquaintance that we have today that is going through something difficult. We may not even know it, Lord, but I pray that you will put them in our heart and mind, impress them in our our minds, and, and help us to have the courage to reach out to call them, to text them, to visit them, um, or some other means of communication, Lord. Um, And for those of us who really need that encouragement today, um, we pray that you'll send people to us, Lord, but also give us the courage to reach out and to ask for help. Thank you, Lord, that um, you love us so much and that that we've got such a loving church family. Um, Grow and increase our love so that we can all grow together and become more like you. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Go out and be God's sheep today. We'll see you soon.